to the power to create yourself with Ross Ramin. If you or someone you are close to is dealing with addiction, there are so many programs out there that can help you. But how do you gauge which ones are going to work the best for you? Some are expensive, some deal with some of the issues, but don't get to the heart of the matter. Others treat the problem at a basic level, but don't determine ultimate success. Join us now for an hour that sets out to be truly groundbreaking and will help you discover how to find the best program for your addiction problem. Now, here is Ross Ramin. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. We appreciate you being with us. This is Ross Ramin. I'm coming to you from Los Angeles, California, live from the Rebos Treatment Center um, here in L- on the west side of Los Angeles. Thanks so much for joining us this week. It's a pleasure to have you um, with us. Um, we have I've gotten so many shout outs from so many people from actually all, I can't believe I'm saying this, but from all over the world. Um and just giving me so many um, uh, props for the shows that we've been putting out for the last um, few months. And so I just wanted to say thanks so much for the people that have reached out to me. It means the world to me. Um, and especially to see that you're coming, you're listening to me a world away, which is um, extremely humbling. Anyways, um, today we have a um, we have a great guest today. We have Amy joining us, Amy Smith, and she is our new admissions um, co- coordinator here at Rebos. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, you got it. Amy, I've known you for about almost nine years now. We went to UCLA together. We met at school. um, And in the let, you joined us about a month ago. Mm -hmm. And you have a, you are an admissions specialist. You are an admissions god. Um, You, you put people that are in the worst possible situations in their life literally in holes <laughs> in, behind dumpsters parents bedrooms mm-hmm. <laughs> you name it where mm-hmm. they're at and you get them into treatment yes um that is what your specialty is correct you go into holes that people won't go into and not only do you go into the hole and get people out of it you literally will set up shop in that hole hang out with that person Break bread with them, as they say, <laughs> to earn their trust, to earn their, um, to earn their trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I've just been sitting here nodding my head. Um, that the beautiful, I guess, process to the admissions line of work really rests in the fact that it's the deepest level of crisis. It's probably the most brutal picture of active addiction and if there's a dual diagnosis and everything is just active and the families it's just the families are almost just as chaotic as the actual person struggling who needs treatment and the art form and process is really constructing a path of how to get step by step from that place of chaos for everyone the entire family system including that that the potential client a path forward to get into a place of hope and a place of um, stability. You make that sound very smooth, very sexy, very easy. <laughs> but you are, I mean, you're swashbuckling. Yeah. You have a calmness about you. I've never told this to you before. <laughs> you have a calmness about your voice and about your presence that is uh, I, I, complete opposite of mine. Because <laughs> I am literally like, I'm, I'm just like... I'm crazy. I got all this nervous energy that goes on. I'm running around like a madman. Um, there's nothing calming about my voice at times. Um, you have a way of 
just your voice. It's like, you know, I always say it's kind of like, you know, radio voice. It's just, it's very smooth. And I definitely don't have one of those. But, you know, it's just really easy listening. You are able to talk to people on the phone in a total lights out, scene red, chaos moment. And you have a mother on the phone. <laughs> and the mother is more out of control than the actual heroin addict who's smoking crack cocaine, who's sleeping with hookers in the parents' bedroom, and he's 42 years old. And you are able to bring the mother, who is an improbably, and I say this with a little bit of humor, in more of a crisis situation than her son is. Absolutely. And you could bring that mother into a come-to-Jesus moment Uh (laughs) and bring Uh her down to earth. Go, listen, this is what we're going to do. It's right. going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. And you are able to orchestrate. In the short time that you've been here, I, how, well, before in the short time that you're here, how do you walk me through what your job is? Your mm-hmm. phone rings. Somebody comes to you in person. Let's just start by the phone. Somebody yeah. calls up Rebos and they're like, hi, I'd like to send my daughter Susie to you. Blah blah blah. That we transform up to you. How do? What, what is your job? What can you tell our listeners that are listening all over the world right now? What you do in order to de-escalate a situation and get that problem, that problem loved one, the help that they need. Walk me through it. Yeah, I think that the best thing is to understand that the loved ones cause interference. The loved ones almost always get not only in their own way, but their loved one's way. So the best thing to do from the admissions process that I do day in and day out, every single phone call, doesn't matter where they're coming from, who they are, I don't know anything about them. And as far as I'm concerned, I treat everyone equally every time I answer the phone. But the best thing that I can do is just gather information, gather understanding. Help me understand a little bit more about what's happening with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Help me understand a little more about what your experience has been with your daughter. Mm-hmm. Help me understand what has happened when she's been in treatment 12 times. You know, we're, we're dealing with people that it's not uncommon to hear about a 21-year-old who's been in treatment a dozen times. That's so, a, that in itself is like, mm-hmm. I can't even believe people even call back. They haven't given up hope. It's true. Like, because yeah. I've got mothers and dads and husbands and wives and, and golden retrievers. They call me up and they're <laughs> like, we've been through this 12 times. Yeah. So, but those are the mama bears that know everything. And those are the mama bears that they want results. They want guarantees. Wait, um, let's talk about mama bears. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you mean mama bears? They know everything. Okay. So the, bless their heart. I think I know where you're going. So I'm just going to say no disrespect to the mama bears. No, that are listening. no, 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 no. For, for all the mama, mama, papa bears out there listening right now, we need you. We need you to stay active in helping out your, your loved one. And we need you to be the champion for your family the champion of change oftentimes it does start with the parent or spouse it's not always the parent but it could be a spouse who they've been through they've been through it like bless their hearts yes we are in this field to be a champion of hope for people to get sober and for people to apply a sense of wellness so that they can have their own peace of mind and a healthy life moving forward with all of their issues. That's what we do here at Rebos. That's what we do here working in this field in general. Yeah, forget about Rebos, just the field. The field in general. That's why this field of treatment is is here. And that's what I believe in 
every day of my life. However, the mama and papas and the spouses out there who've been through it alongside of their child, sister, spouse, partner a dozen times in and out of treatment cannot stay sober for the life of them. Um, Bless their hearts and they just have a sense of they won't stop protecting their loved one and they won't let go of wanting to help their loved one and they won't because of their experiences they think they know what's best for their loved one um we are always you know advocates of you know the kind of sister counterpart programs such as Al-Anon and CODA and things like that and getting the proper amount of support for the loved ones of course but when I say mama and papa bear it's a sense of a very protective parent in particular right and a parent's job is to protect their child And even after they become adults and even after they go through their own life experiences, um, the sense of a paternal or maternal sense of obligation and duty and safety for their adult child at that point, even if it is a 42-year-old smoking crack in their bedroom and they still live under their their roof, um, it's hard for, and I can put myself in their shoes from an understanding perspective, not from a personal perspective, because I have not walked that path before. I do not have a 40-year-old son or daughter myself. Yeah. But I can understand that they they can't let go of that control because it's worked for them for so long. So how to navigate and understand that mother on the phone, which is coming at it full force. 100%. You know, full force. Because coming she, in hot. Coming in hot to trot. <laughs> oh, right? man. And so so help me understand. And, and that's always the place. And that's, I think, the most, the key component of the admissions line of work is understanding in a time that everything is blind. This is the very first phone call. I don't know anything about you. I don't know anything about where you're from or your child or spouse or loved one. So help me understand. Help me understand why you are explaining the things that you are. Can we, help me understand why you're coming in hot. You're so, I mean, you're, I mean, in all sense of purposes, you're literally a therapist in a sense. It's, it's, it's a deep sense of counseling. Yes. It's a deep sense of counseling. I yeah. think that's a great way to put it. Right. I mean, it's really, you are, somebody is in a crisis mode right now. You know, their kid has just OD'd. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in the hospital. They don't know. Maybe this is their first, this, this is their first rodeo. Mm-hmm. They don't even, they haven't been through this like 12 times. Like a lot of people have, they've been through it a lot. Yeah. But this is their first rodeo and they don't, they're not, they're not, they're not, um, I, I, I hate to use the word educated, but they're not, you know, as well versed in what this is. They just found out 10 hours ago that their son, who is a straight A student, has needles in their backpack. Mm-hmm. And you know what? He's 19. Right. And he has been found. You were, and you were going through his backpack, not to like to not snooping on the kid. You were looking for his keys or his phone, or because the phone was going off and it was driving you nuts. And you went into that little pencil case and you found some needles. Yeah. You found some needles, and you don't know what the hell that is. And, and you got to talk to that person down. It's like, do I even put my son into treatment? I just found this. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 19 years old. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're kind of having a come to Jesus talk with them in some ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. How to how to help them have that perspective that's going to help create that path forward. Because sometimes, sometimes, yes, these people do call and it's just chaos and maybe someone does not qualify. Like there's, there are times that people kind of inflate this story. Um, I caught them smoking pot one time. 
I'm actually not going to educate that person that they need treatment necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm going to want to talk to the loved one and see what's going on and maybe recommend them going to individual counseling first, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but then there's there's times that the loved one might call and say, I think they might need treatment. And that's a situation where there's a backpack full of needles and a warrant out for the the arrest. And then the next phone call, the mom says, you know what, never mind, right, right. He's, he's doing okay. He just got a job. Johnny's going to start working and he's he promised he's going to sign up for classes and he's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. With no evidence that he's going to stop using drugs, which is, that's the problem. So yeah. help the loved one understand that um, a path forward is still necessary. And then whenever I can connect with the client, that be the message of hope. You know, be the message of, listen, I get it. You know, we, we take these kind of hairpin turns and we don't really know why and then the, the drugs take over our lives and we don't know why and we're scared to make that change and drop it all and come to an unknown place and come to a foreign kind of environment of across the country maybe maybe across the country maybe down down the street but it's still just a matter of being in treatment is is scary it's culture shock for the client you know our clients are not this is not this is not the natural habitat for our clients to be in a sober uh, therapeutic environment with peers, you know, similarly struggling with the same thing. We're used to this mindset that um, you're I, in an environment where people are talking with them, not at them. Right, and 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 no disrespect to the families, but that's what's happening. And the client has to get out of that headspace of I'm alone in this world. Yeah. And so it's scary. Like, I understand that part of it. It's scary for the client to understand that I am not alone anymore. And for the families to understand, you're not alone either. And that's why I love the fact that even from an admissions standpoint, yes, I do a lot of it's a deep sense of counseling on the phone and being that guiding light, creating that roadmap of wellness, not only for the client to get help, but also the families. Um, And being able to say, Family therapy is a part of what we do here. Yeah. And the reason why family therapy is so crucial is because from that conversation that I help to shake up the snow globe sometimes in creating different perspective. <laughs> I love your snow for globe. It. I love this. I love, the, I love the, the snow globe analogy. I use it often because helping someone to shake up their own personal snow globe to create a different perspective that hope and change can occur. And it doesn't happen overnight. And it's not a couple days in detox and back at home. It's it's a it's a process to get sober. And I love that there's this parallel that I can communicate to people for the family process as well. Because if Johnny, if their kid or their spouse or their sibling gets sober and gets all his help and the families don't, yeah, there's still a family system that is you know, fractured. And there's still a family system that does not have a foundation of recovery and wellness. And unfortunately, the pattern of the family is to kind of go in there and cause further interference can happen. You know, I want to, we're, we're going to jump to a quick break real quick, but I really want to touch on how you, you know, a lot of families, they'll call me, they're like, okay, great. You know, my husband and I are behind this. We want to do this and little Johnny's going to come, but how are we going to sell this on to him? Yeah. You know, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how you get a little Johnny from Florida 
New York to California or vice versa mm -hmm. without them going, getting lost on their way. I want to talk about sober companions. Uh -huh. I want to talk about all the, um, the little entities that you're able solutions to help these people out. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sure. To put them at ease. Everyone, thanks for joining us right now. We're talking to Amy Smith, who's the admissions coordinator here at Rebos. Um, she's a rock star. She's a goddess. Um, she makes all your worst nightmares um, seem easy and safe. <laughs> um, so we'll be right back after this quick break. Thanks so much for joining us. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to The Power to Create Yourself with Ross Ramin. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at rebostreatment.com. Now, back to the power to create yourself. Hey, hey, welcome to the show. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Um, if you want to hear more about Rebos and what we do, um, you can go online and check us out at Rebos, R-E-B-O-S, treatment.com. That's Rebos is sober spelled backwards. Um, you can go onto our website. We have a ton of information um, from our blogs to our ebooks on a variety of subjects. You name it, we probably have it on it. We take a lot of pride in our ebooks and our blog posts, um, and we have a lot of great information for any loved ones out there, any active addicts um, and alcoholics, to um, loved ones of how you deal with certain situations. It's a great um, toolbox for you. It's a great instruction manual about what to do. Um, I really mean that that we take a lot of pride in this um, information that we give out for free that we just want people to have 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 access to. Um, that is probably one of our biggest um, strong suits that we have um, to the general public. Um, if you're not a client with us, that we're able to give you. Um, we do a lot of groups on these subjects, so um, please go check us out um, at rebostreatment.com, and we'll have access to all that. Um, we're talking here with Amy, who's our missions coordinator here at Rebos, and you, Amy, have been um, 
you've you've dealt with a lot of situations. I can't even imagine the from the people to the situations to the kooky events to the glorifying events that you have um, that you've dealt with um, on a regular basis. One of the things I want to talk about that I get I personally get a lot of phone calls and kind of touching on what we were talking about earlier is a mom and a dad they'll have they'll have a kid a son a daughter and they will be on a very separate page when it comes to treating this person they're on the same page that this person's life is a total mess because you can't argue that but one of them will have their idea of how things should be handled yes you know i you know the biggest one is I can get a mother that is so deceitful and so angry that their daughter has done X, Y, Z, and they should be going to a hole and sweat it out. I mean, and they're taking out their bitterness, their anger, and their resentments out on it. I've gotten fathers that think their boys are absolute, like, terrors, and they should go to, like... Kind of like the picture of like an old boys Catholic school that is just kind of blah walls and like Pepto-Bismo powder, like that kind of powder blue hospital wall, Mm -hmm. really dark, really gnarly. They don't want to hear about, Mm -hmm. you know, that they get workouts, that they have a nice place to sleep or anything like that. They they're taking their own vengeance, their own anger and sadness and thrown at them how do you de-escalate people to get on that same page because at the end of the day you got to get them on the same page to get that client on a plane in a car whatever it is to get here what's your how do you do that so i just want to um first explain that throughout all the years that i've been doing this again the sense of a parallel experience let's let's if we put the mom and dad on on one side of, of the table and then we put the loved one, their daughter or son, whomever it is, on the other side of, of the table, oftentimes the loved one who is the addict, alcoholic, struggling with their addiction has almost identical issues. They're angry. They have their own sense of what they want for plans of, of their life. The things that they want to do and the message that we're threading in is interfering with that and they're in denial the client the, the, the potential client is in denial that I need to make these changes he or she is saying it's your problem not my problem and you should probably do this had you not have done that blah 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 yeah yeah so we go to the other side of the table there's almost this parallel experience of um, the parents have this sense of they have a plan, they have their own ideas, they have their own feelings, their own experiences, and they think that, that they know what's best and they're scared, they're terrified of change, they're terrified to relinquish control, and they potentially trying to control their loved one for so long. And even though they're reaching out for help, the interference threads in because even though they're reaching out for help and they're saying, I want your help. But then in the next breath, they'll say, yeah, but it needs to be like this. Or, yeah, but my husband disagrees with me. So 
the best thing to do walking into it is understanding that there tends to be this parallel emotional experience. So even though we're talking to someone who's, who's sober with the loved ones, their emotional experience is almost identical to the actual client. Yeah. Which is fascinating, just in, in understanding that part of it. So again, I'm of the belief that a therapeutic process is required for the potential client, but also required for the loved ones. And um, so when I'm talking to them, understanding that there's a rift, that there's um, a disconnect of one of them is on board entirely and explicitly, and then the other one is... Uh, teetering and on the fence and not really on board so that's potentially going to rock the boat entirely the best way that i can go in there is to get some opening of the door yeah and when i say some opening of the door i mean by talking to them individually and talking to them together people like this this isn't a one phone call deal no people like this often take time um, it might take a couple of You work with days, people up to months. Up to months. I have worked with the longest time I've spent yeah, talking to someone. Yeah, tell this. This is great. Yeah. So there is this, there is this guy, this young man um, in his early 20s, heroin addict and um, uh, on a lot of, I think it was methadone at that time. I think he was combining the two and just a hot mess, just could not stop using. And the parents were not on board. Um, and it was impossible to even recommend an interventionist at that point in time. What, what do you mean they weren't on board? So the mom was kind of willing for him to get help. The dad wanted nothing to do with it. Wanted nothing to do with the kid or nothing to do with getting him help? Wanted nothing to do with him getting help. Did not want to be involved. Did not want to allocate any financial support for it. Did not even want to talk about it. And the wife which yeah. is the mother, yeah. couldn't go in there and help and help the cause. I could not go in there and explain to him, which meant I couldn't thread in the suggestion of interventions. Now, yeah. now, this would have been a perfect case for intervention, meaning that people are not on board, and so the message of going in there to help the loved one... You send a specialist in there. It's like Send a specialist in there. It's like because, a SEAL team. <laughs> or or it, it would be that... Is a similar thing of me being here on the phones. Yeah. It'd be like identical to if I could be there and talking to them in person. Yeah. Corralling them all in person. There always is a better kind of, uh, it's more powerful when you have these conversations in person. Yeah. Versus over the phone. Um, as big as my presence can maybe be on, on, on the phones, it's more powerful in person. So, um, I'm talking to the kid and he he would not stop calling me and he wanted help but then he wouldn't want help and this connection so the parents didn't want to help him but correct. he wanted it at times and then he would kind of retreat back and then he and then so but this door was slightly open with the client you could talk through it you could talk through I, the crack I could talk through that crack and so what that did was he never forgot that I was always there if the time was was right and the time was actually right and when that happened, it was actually what it was, was I finally got him to understand that you need to call your parents and say, this is what I want to do. And that finally happened. And that wow. was almost like a year and a half later. Wow. And that that young man ended up staying in treatment six plus months consecutively. It was, it was an amazing experience. 
And needless to say, I got to know mom, dad, sister, his girlfriend. Really? Christmas I got to know, card list. Uh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. Mean, you're literally on the Christmas <laughs> card list. <laughs> I got a Christmas card. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just it, people need to understand that I, I wish this was a one phone call and done type of a situation. There are so many fires that have to be put out, mm-hmm. so many loose ends that need to be tied before a person can get on an airplane, before a person can actually get into treatment that it has to get done. I mean, it, there really is. Right. And it just shows the dedication that you stay with somebody for over a year doing this dance with them, mm-hmm. watching this relationship, because at the end of the day, there's a trust avenue there. Yes. You're either earning trust of that addict, that alcoholic, or you're earning trust of the family. They go, listen, I'm not going to drop your kid. I'm going to do my damnedest to help him out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a real, and you're available by phone 24 hours a day for these people. Absolutely. It's unbelievable. Yeah. What you what you do is just, it's. Not, I mean, I've done your job, you know, and it's, it is so exhausting and it's meant for a type of a person that has a certain mind frame and you have that you've been given that gift it's pretty cool it is uh, thank you for for saying that and it it's something that you're blessing <laughs> you are i mean people just don't i mean it's not like slap him on the ass and come on in i mean it's yeah there's it's, uh, there's so many factors in it and 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 the what keeps me interested in this line of work is that there there are certain themes and there are certain kind of commonalities with all these people, but there's always something that is just different. And that interests me. And that being able to be the person who is that that guiding light, that headlamp for someone in, in, in the darkness and yeah. just not knowing the way back to the road and just trying to figure it out. Um, that excites me to help and kind of get, you know, roll up my sleeves and just say, okay, so we need to make a right here. Yeah. And then in a couple miles, we're going to make a left. Yeah. And you're going to go down to the road and check it out. Yeah. Like, and that sounds cheesy, but that is exa- exactly mm. what excites me about continuing to do this, this grinding work. And it is different from being a therapist and saying, all right, I have an hour session with you and then you're on your way. Um, so, but back to the whole therapeutic process is, um, with that case example, the important part that personally I can do, specifically from the admissions side of things, is along the way, pull in any resource and any partner to help bring even one person into treatment. Yeah. And whether that is, let's say, um, reaching out to someone who is an interventionist and say like how about can we do like a consultation potentially yeah i want to talk about that the services that you can offer to people that are in absolute crisis yes so you have interventionists and they can come into the house yes and kind of de-escalate a situation organize a situation whether the whether the potential client knows about it or not yes um, you've got those, you have sober companions that will literally drive, fly, train, swim a client <laughs> safely from A to B so they don't go lost. Yes. My favorite client that I ever had that he literally, I was hired by this family in Texas and 
every single time this kid would get to the airport and he would go in the front door of the airport, go down the escalators to baggage claim and go outside to the de- um, to the departures level, get a cab and he would leave in and out. And I literally had to like escort him through. Sweetest. The kid was as sweet as pie. I mean, yeah. great guy, but he's like, I ain't doing it. <laughs> right, right. Forget about it. Um, people would always forget their license. Mm-hmm. I just did a transport to uh, three weeks ago from Chicago. <laughs> this guy always forgot his license. <laughs> Coincidentally, we didn't this time. Yes. Um, so talk about that services that you can offer people. Sure. So, for example, with the interventionist, that's something that I can identify almost immediately if an intervention is potentially needed. And then my job is to explain what that service is and then also recommend someone who's best suited for this person. The thing that I always think about is the loved one, the potential client, as it's been explained to me, what I understand of that client, and then what I understand about the family. And the nice thing, exactly like the, the field that we work in, is that there's so many different programs so there's options for what is best suited for you at any point in time. And um, same thing with interventionists. There's a lot of interventionists. Sometimes a man, woman, yeah. the approach, yeah. their background, how old they are might be something to take into consideration. So all I can do is just educate, inform, do the introduction, maybe do a conference call to see that it's going to work out. And then, But the neat thing about that is even though the interventionist does not work with me, it's all of a sudden I have this partner yeah. in it. And then even though I'm not physically there, it's like as if I'm still there. Yeah. And then I have this added kind of partner to help this family. And then I will correspond with the interventionist on a regular basis and just, you know, hear about it. I've also been involved in the interventions as well when they've been local, of course. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's. I might sound like a madman by saying this, but it's a fun process. It's just a fun process to see whatever you can do to deconstruct that level of uh, the a mad barriers, man, a mad woman, you know? absolutely not. You're <laughs> you're getting jazzed about like, wow, this person's life is has a potential of yeah. totally changing. Yeah, and and that that excites me without question. And then so, but the sober companion or um, transport, that is absolutely. I'm very grateful that we have so many resources of that available, readily available. Um, the best example is, of course, the person has agreed, the family is on board, but there is an issue of can they even pass security because of their level of intoxication potentially, or is, are they a flight risk? Um, so for those reasons, it's a slam dunk, no brainer. That it's a bodyguard, babysitter, yes, therapist. But and another example is is um, to go back to the mama or papa bear. Yeah. Sometimes they will say, "I'm going with Johnny," <laughs> and depending on the family system, I might say, "You got to step that out." Yes, that is not actually wise for you to fly with Johnny from Chicago to Los Angeles. Let me introduce another notion for you, and here's why. Um, sometimes having the family member, especially after the loved one understanding, yeah, I need help, but the person who's been on my case this whole time has been mom or dad, and the last thing that, that they need is, once they've, they've agreed, is a four or five hour flight of mom or dad continuing to talk about it, Yeah, you know? So yeah. um, whatever we can do to help make it as smooth as possible the window is there 
when everyone is agreed and on board, but then the person still has to walk through the door. So even when you get someone who's agreed, yeah, sometimes you can get the the, the agreements, but then the person never actually steps onto the floor of the detox treatment center, outpatient, sober living, whatever it is. So um, recommending sober companion transport for that, or let's say someone has to go back home for whatever reason. Let's yeah. say um, a common situation is for a court case. For example, yeah, or some kind of special things ha- happening with the family, and if it's interrupting, interfering with the treatment process, hands down, a sober companion would be helpful. Um, transitioning into treatment is sometimes scary, yeah. and if there's other kinds of concerns, we just did this recently here, where someone was transitioning into our program, and um, you know, he was just a, a, a bit, a bit activated. In, in some ways and a bit paranoid so he was guards up yeah he, 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 he it, it was hard for him to kind of transition into this process so we called in a sober companion to stay with him for 48 hours in sober living and still participating in, in our program and the sober companion was not in the group therapy or individual yeah. therapy here but that added a layer of just to help him kind of ease into the process someone to talk to every moment and it worked out really well to the point that a couple of days later, he basically spoke up saying, "Can I have that companion again?" Because he really liked he loved that. It. He loved it. What well, I want to—we got to jump into a quick break. Sure. I want to—I um, want to get in in our next segment um, why you're in this industry. Okay. And I want to talk about your 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 journey a little bit. Sure. Perfect. Everyone, thanks so much for joining us. We're coming to you live from the Rebo's Treatment Center in Los Angeles, California, and we'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Getting sober isn't just about not drinking and not doing drugs. It's a way of life. At Rebos, we have a team of talented professionals, each with their own clear and distinct message to walk clients from the darkest point in their lives out into the light. Rebos offers a carefully curated selection of groups and workshops in addition to a minimum of six individual sessions per week. At Rebos, we believe there are no cookie-cutter clients, and we meet every individual where they are at today. It's not a Rebos program. It's your program. Our team wants to help as many people as possible become who they want to be. And if you don't know who you want to be, we'll help you. Visit Rebostreatment.com to learn more about the Rebos Treatment Center. That's R-E-B-O-S Treatment.com. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. 
Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Listening to the power to create yourself with Ross Ramin. To find out more about Ross and the program, visit the Rebos Treatment Center website at rebostreatment.com. Now, back to the power to create yourself. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. Um, happy to have you guys. Thanks so much. We've been having a great conversation with Amy. Uh, who's our missions coordinator here at Rebos, um, about what she does. She is a swashbuckling uh, lady, I should say. You um, you are. You're swashbuckling. Like I said when we first started, you go into holes that people don't go into. You literally sit down, break bread with these people that are literally, you know, whether it's via phone, in person, just to like, how you doing? What's going on? You know, can you come with me? I got this great place I want to take you. You know, boom, boom, boom. We do this. We do that. You're selling them on a dream. You're giving them a dream. You're giving the opportunity for a dream. And um, it's amazing. Nobody can, everybody in this world can help everybody. But what you have is a patience level. And I should have said that earlier. You have patience. Your voice of calmness when I come into your office is second to none. I remember interviewing you and the people I was with, she's like, her voice is very calm. <laughs> it is very calm. And I'm sitting with two dudes that are just kind of rough around the edges. And they both said almost at the same time, her voice is so calm. <laughs> and that's what you need. Yeah. A de-escalating voice, mojo, energy to take people from, from they're on a ledge. They're on the yeah. They're, they're on, on like on the pictures. Edge. Yes. Look, like uh, people that are listening, just like picture this: your loved ones. You're looking out of a window, and just look to the left out that window. There is they're sitting. They're standing on a ledge that's got about three to four inches of room there, on it, and their feet are halfway hanging off, and they're on that ledge. And Amy is the person that can literally be at that window and talk them off from not jumping. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what you do. Yes. Amy, how did you get into this? I want people to understand that you're just not in this because you're good at it. You have your own story. What What, what do you, what, what, tell me about you. So, uh, to recap it, the Reader's Digest version of how I got here. <laughs> is um, I am a product of treatment myself. Mm -hmm. And to identify, um, I am actively sober. Mm -hmm. I I actively live a path of of recovery myself. Um, I'm someone who, and this is not why I do what I do, but it just so happens to be 
My experience is that my family did hire an interventionist. I'm a product of an intervention. Wow. Um, that was probably, a, it, that was one of the most powerful moments of my life. I literally was not expecting it. And I was definitely someone who was used to my family going along with me and picking up the pieces of me when I needed those pieces to be picked up so I can just continue smoking heroin on a daily basis and you know that was your jam that was my jam yeah absolutely I loved I loved that and um, I would just disappear for days on end and it was just terrifying for my family and they'd pick me up and take care of me when I need to be taken care of or if I was sick or if I was you know something and um, woke up one morning and boom Everyone's in a circle in my living room and been there, done yes, that. Yes, and and I did agree. <sighs> so I went to treatment and uh, that did not keep me sober. Um, but when I go back to my experience, one thing that happened in that process of my family hiring an interventionist and me going to treatment and a quality treatment is that my family shook up their snow globe. My family learned a different script. My family learned that they were in a system with Amy that was not working for them. And they were participating in that. So even though I didn't stay sober from my first course of treatment, the benefit was absolutely what my family learned in that process with the family therapy and the intervention tools that they learned. So that by the time I relapsed, it was like, all right, they had a path. And I kind of knew that the gig was up. And I went to this recovery home. It was a very structured and it was kind of, how do I say this? Hardcore, you know, kind of old school. Yeah. Um, you needed it. I needed it. And it was and it was a long-term place. When you say old school, you're, I mean, you're. it's not even old school. It's just back to basics. It was absolutely back like to basic basics. Like basic life skills. It was, it was very highly structured. There was um, a lot of heat if you did not do really simple things like you had to make your bed you had to do your chores you had to go to two meetings a day you had to participate in the groups that they had and you had to get a job and you had to just all this hads and when you're an ungrateful you know newly recovering junkie the answer is usually no Mm -hmm. screw you um and and (laughs) the calmness Mm -hmm. that i have right now backtrack to like you know 12 13 years ago i was a completely different beast you know um i, I, was, I was i was a wild <laughs> i was a wild but i was a fucking kind of yeah. kind of horse and the answer was always no and i would just come back a little sass oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah <laughs> and um but that environment was so great for me um in so many ways and had it not have been for the people who ran that house um, who literally just put me un- under their wings, you know, and they, and they just kept kind of corralling me gently and a lot of love and a lot of grace. And um, eventually I did, you know, one day at a time, I chimed in and I, and, and I learned, yeah. I learned the path. And at some point in time, I said, okay, fine, I'll take it month by month and I will take your guidance. Yeah. And then that led to around the time I almost hit a year sober, personally, they said we need a manager, and so I started managing that sober living. Really, time I had a year. That's such an that happened to me. It, yeah. it's such an honor. Yeah, you bust your butt off. You right. cry. You shake. 
you cuss, you scream, and then after a while, they're like, you know what, we liked you mm-hmm. to run the joint. Mm-hmm. You mind? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh my God. <laughs> I know, and, and, and so I did not have a plan to... Did you have a career? At that point in time. Well, how old were you when you got sober? 20 years old. You were 20. 20 years old, yes. Good, good. I was 20 years old, and I was one I couldn't of those... imagine getting sober at 20. Well, here's... Here's what I believe from my experience, and, and I believe this in general for the younger folks who do get sober, is that we have this sense that we don't have anything, so we almost have nothing to lose, because we don't have investments, we don't have kids, maybe, um, we don't have a career path, a mortgage, you know, so it's just, there's a bit, there's a little edge to the younger folk for that reason. Yeah. Um, Versus the ones that have the spouse, the children, the mortgage, the businesses already. Yeah. You have a, a already inserted leverage and the sense that, like, I, if I screw up, I legitimately will lose everything. Yeah. Versus the younger folk will say, I don't have anything, so yeah. screw this, you know? It's not bad. Right. So, so for, for me, I had actually gone to trade school during that time when I was a newcomer before I had started running that house. Trade school um, for what? Massage therapy. Really? Actually, yeah. No so kidding. I became a little, little massage therapist to earn some dough myself. And, um, and I did that kind of at the same time of running this house. And then um, I got these other little jobs along the way. And I just kind of picked up experience. And I was just hungry. And I didn't realize that I had a gift to help people and a gift to uh, look at crisis in, in a different way and have the skill to um, navigate through all of that and provide a sense of stability and calmness yeah. and, um, you know, a method yeah so and then going to school for example um going to school and which is where i met you and learning a bunch of other tools and things like that and how sober were you how many years sober were you when when we met at school oh gosh it was maybe like three or four years i think something like that like i I was a couple of years sober yeah and um definitely a lot more mature than i was It was just at a year. Uh, I was still coming in. Hot. I remember you would like participate at times, and it was it was funny. Well, Fired we, we, up. We all had we all had had a little bit of fun. I mean, like the ones who would like participate because there was there was always some people that were there because they had loved ones yeah. who had gone through it, and then there's people like us who had been sober. And but like when we would participate, we'd be <laughs> we would have our own sense of like, well, my experience or what I've seen before, like. <laughs> No, Bless it was, our teachers' hearts, like putting up with. We them. actually work with one of our teachers now. Yes. <laughs> Full circle. Full circle. <laughs> no, but it's you know, it, yeah. Mm-hmm. We just it's, you know, you got into this industry because of your own story, smoking heroin. Mm-hmm. I got in this industry for the. I, I don't know. I think I got into this industry by accident. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, not by I didn't. I mean, I was in treatment, and some guy just and I was the treatment center that I'm working at. The guy said I could be a landscaper at it. Right. So, like when I got out, he goes, "You can cut the lawn here." I was like, "I ain't got nothing else, you know." Sure, I'll make twelve bucks an hour doing that. Right. No big deal. I, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was still so like fresh and just bitter and everything. So I did that, and that's and then right before I got to you is when uh, when I got to you when I saw you at the class. That's when I was really changing. I'm like, maybe I'll go do this. Sure. But it wasn't. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. It was a, it, I went into it as I need a job, not a career. Yeah, and and the the path that continued to unfold for for me, and what I love about it is that for you, the path that unfolded was obviously this. Yeah. And you didn't know that at the, I I did not know that at that time, the path that unfolded for me. It's interesting. I always knew when we were in class, I always knew that I did not want to later become a counselor. Yeah. Necessarily. I you were not, there for the education. Yes. I was just there for more perspective in it. And, um, but I knew that I wanted to kind of sharpen my skills a little bit. Yeah. And when I had the opportunity to start a line of specifically admissions work, I was in this sense of, Wow, okay. So it's almost like the intervention process and one addict talking to another addict out there, hot and drunk and yeah. high. And then having a process with the family and all of it at the same time. That interested me immediately. And then from there I started kind of relying on a lot of different teachers and um being in clinical meetings and regularly talking to um, the program psychiatrists and the MDs and the nurses and just educating myself even more. Yeah. Right. And so I'm so grateful of this path that I have had. And it's something that the experience is invaluable, you know, that, that there's always more things to walk through and to learn about. And, um, Staying fluid through yeah. all of that. So I'm so grateful to know that I came from this 20-year-old junkie. I can't believe you got sober at 20. 20 years old. Absolutely. I And my sobriety date is December 23rd, 2004. Well, Amy, you are a goddess. You really are. You, you really are. It's an honor to have you here. I love that you're here. I love that you're the person that talks to our clients on the phone. I love it. I love how you walk in through the whole thing. And I am, I just... I don't know. It makes me makes me feel really very warm and fuzzy that we have that here. It is an honor to be here, and it's an honor to be a part of the team and the message of hope and the champion for all the people out there still struggling, all the mom and papa bears out there who's struggling and who's scared, all the people out there wondering if they can get sober. Um, you know, I like I like to be your champion. I like to be your person who you can call and talk to anytime anytime. i appreciate it well i appreciate you amy and i appreciate everybody for tuning in this week please check us out at rebostreatment.com and we will see you again next week bye-bye thank you for joining us this week on the power to create yourself we hope to have you tune in again next tuesday at noon eastern time 9 a.m pacific time for another edition with ross ramin on the voice america health and wellness channel have an enlightening week